Good day and welcome to Partakers and to our series, Haha, Heroes and Heretics Abound. Together we are looking at the story of the church from its origins through to the age of reasoning in the 18th century. Last time we looked at the decreasing influence of the church amidst both religious and societal turmoil, and we had a brief look at two men, John Wycliffe and Jan Hus, rising in opposition to the church. Today we start in the 14th and 15th centuries. Then there was a great European revival of interest in the values of classical Greek and Roman literature, art, philosophy and politics. It started in Italy and quickly spread throughout Europe. Scholars were called humanists as they moulded their life on the teachings of the great Greek and Roman classical literature. There was also an increase in other areas of life. Scholastic freedom grew exponentially, Roman morality, paganism, the Greek New Testament, and the study thereof, and many new universities throughout Europe were started. In amidst all this was the church, which was continuing to change, much to the dismay of the Roman Catholic hierarchy and to the detriment of the established church. Here are but three men, three leading spokesmen, all of whom spoke brave words and lived brave lives, speaking out for what they thought and knew to be the truth. Our first one is Girolamo Savonarola. He was an Italian preacher of reform and was the hero of many early Protestants. He became a Dominican monk after studying humanism and medicine. He affected the masses by his preaching and transformed the lives of many intellectuals through his thinking and debating skill. He showed the impurities and corruption of the Roman Catholic system and spoke out often against the exploitation of the poor. Savonarola was well known for speaking prophecies about civic glory and called for Christian renewal. Eventually he was excommunicated and executed for denouncing the Pope and the corrupt papal court. Here is one thing that Savonarola wrote. The Pope may err, and that in two ways, either because he is erroneously informed, or from malice. As to the latter cause, we leave that to the judgment of God, and believe rather that he has been misinformed. In our own case, I can prove that he has been falsely persuaded. Therefore, anyone who obstinately upholds the excommunication and affirms that I ought not to preach these doctrines, is fighting against the kingdom of Christ, and supporting the kingdom of Satan, and is himself a heretic, and deserves to be excluded from the Christian community. And then we come to John Colet. He was a brilliant humanist at Oxford, and he was an influence upon Savonarola. Colet was enlightened and caused the epistles of Paul to live again in message. In the year 1512, as the Dean of St. Paul's, he declared vicious and depraved lives of the Church the worst heresy of all times, which led to first reforming the bishops and it would spread throughout. The Church laws could not be enforced until the bishops became new men. Colet taught his students to keep the Bible and the Apostles' Creed. Here is a quote from his Convocation Sermon of 1512. You are come together today, fathers and right wise men, to hold a council. 
in which what you will do and what matters you will handle, I do not yet know. But I wish that, at length, mindful of your name and profession, you would consider the reformation of ecclesiastical affairs. For never was there more necessity, and never did the state of the church more need endeavours. For the church, the spouse of Christ, which he wished to be without spot or wrinkle, is become foul and deformed. Colet went on to conclude, If by chance I should seem to have gone too far in this sermon, if I have said anything with too much warmth, forgive it me, and pardon a man speaking out of zeal, a man sorrowing for the ruin of the church, and passing, by any foolishness of mine, consider the thing itself. And then our last spokesman is Erasmus. He was a student of John Colet, and he was perhaps the greatest of all humanists. He was a professor of divinity and Greek at Cambridge University, and he aimed to reform the Roman Catholic Church from within, and so never did leave the Church. As a result, he was attacked by both the Roman Catholic Church and the Protestants, those who wanted the Roman Catholic Church to change. The Roman Catholic Church attacked him for heretical teaching, and he was attacked by the Protestants for lacking courage. In the year 1516, he produced the Greek version of the New Testament because he wanted to make it understood by everyone. He was educated by the Brethren of the Common Life and was ordained as a priest in the year 1492, and he laid the egg which Martin Luther, who we will see next week, later hatched. Meanwhile, in Holland and Northern Europe during this period, there was a renewed interest in a personal devotional life with God. One such group was the Brethren of the Common Life, who affected Erasmus. They emphasised personal devotion, poverty, chastity, and obedience in a semi-monastic lifestyle. There was a lot of devotional writing going on at the time, and perhaps the greatest of these was Thomas Akempis. Thomas Akempis was born in Germany in the year 1380 to a blacksmith and a schoolmistress. In the year 1392 he started at school, and while there he encountered the devotional group Brethren of the Common Life. From there he joined a monastery, St. Agnes, and he became a prolific copyist and writer. For example, he copied by hand the Bible four times. His most noted work today, though, is The Imitation of Christ, still one of the most widely read devotional books, even though it is distinctly Roman Catholic in doctrine. It is both scriptural and Christ-centred. This book, The Imitation of Christ, is a series of devotions divided into four parts. Part 1, Helpful Counsels of the Spiritual Life. Part 2, Directives for the Interior Life, Part 3, On Interior Consolation, Part 4, On the Blessed Sacrament. Here are some quotes from that book, ahead of its time in many ways. At the Day of Judgment we shall not be asked what we have read, but what we have done. For man proposes, but God disposes. And lastly, if, however, you seek Jesus in all things, you will surely find him, as I said, ahead of his time in many ways. 
and you can download a copy of this book for free from the internet. That's it for this time. Next time in our series, Aha, we will look at the birth of the Reformation and start looking at the great reformers of the church, most of whom we have much to be thankful for. Come back to Partakers, www.partakers.co.uk, where every day there is something new to encourage your walk as a Christian in the 21st century. Thanks for listening. See you later.